Jill, ask them what they think about Supervillain. That sounds better to me. More exciting. Do you prefer saving America? How about saving the world? Nope. It's saving America. Picking back up with our coverage for The Boys, Season 3, Episodes 1, 2, and 3. This is Part 2 of our coverage. The always, always the loudest and proudest uh, for this show has got to be Billy Butcher. Like we mentioned in other people's backstories, he's now uh, working uh, in, a, in an official capacity with the government, but he's still got his fixation on killing Homelander for personal reasons. And for that, that introduces this whole Soldier Boy storyline. You know, the way seasons of TV are often built is often they just kind of have like a an idea for the season like and that makes up the whole season like um say vince gilligan when he's talking about breaking bad yes he had kind of like a beginning and an end in mind but then he'll look at different seasons and know that that was the, the season that they you know move into the underground meth factory you know or <laughs> that's the season that they're that they're still figuring out how to how to even sell meth or whatever and and in this case both shows starring Giancarlo Esposito, actually. It seems like the Soldier Boy, the mystery of Soldier Boy, what that all means is this season's thing. First off, the idea that this Soldier Boy character is dead and that there's a weapon that killed him that we're pursuing. So given that this is only the third episode in, it feels awfully red herring-ish for them for them to actually like go to Russia and be like, yep, that's the weapon. And they'd be like, cool, I'll take that back. That feels like that is not is what's going to happen. Did you guys think about any of that, any of that kind of kind of like detail stuff related to this, whatever soup gun he calls it? I one didn't really get like a good grasp about like what um soldier boys like level of powers and stuff are i don't i don't feel like I they talked him up but they mo- they made him look like captain america and captain america cannot fight mm-hmm. superman <laughs> you know it's just it's just like a different level of power you know when they say like a soup gun that like took him out i think for me it was just like okay like i just have to take your word for it because i must have missed or under misunderstood like what his power is because i didn't really get any kind of display other than him holding like a big old like bazooka ish type of thing at one point there's a short fight scene he managed to hit a guy out of a out of a shed yeah yeah that, that, that was, was it <laughs> about it thinking about them now and needing to be used like this Russian mafia type of group to find out where that is, is like a really kind of crazy turn. Um, so is your question like, do we think that that's what's going, like, is it realistic to ex- in this story and scenario to expect that this random people who are, have like a small little piece of like government, like piece, like can actually get to Russia to get this magic weapon. Or is it even going to matter? I think with the Soldier Boy story, I think we're going to find a couple a couple different factors there that make it so that a quote-unquote soup gun just doesn't exist. Grace yeah. can't actually attest to it. He, he put the screws to her to told, tell the everything she knew about Nicaragua, and so I think she did. And none of that included like actual first-hand knowledge of a, 
of this soup killing thing. It's just more like, I think... It came from the other soups there that told her, and then she saw them fly away on the helicopter. Yes, right. They said that it killed him, right? But we didn't Mm -hmm. see it. No. And I feel like, you know, obviously another big TV thing is like when they bring in an actor and they brought in Jensen Ackles, they're not just going to spend him on flashbacks. So (laughs) I, I just throwing it out there. Like, I know, I don't know if we're close to predictions, but like he's definitely alive somehow. And like, maybe if they're following this Captain America thing, he could be frozen in time (laughs) Um, (laughs) somewhere, you know, like if they're kind of playing off the, uh, those vibes. Um, And they have. Uh, with yeah. other characters, so why not? Yeah, yeah. So I feel like that's something, or he maybe it just like stunned him, or I don't know. But it just feels kind of weird. Like in this, in the time since then, they America, like the U.S. government, wouldn't want to pursue this soup gun that killed soups. Like, wouldn't you want to go and get that? Wouldn't Vought want to go do that? Like, get that? I don't know. Something is definitely weird there on how that ended, and that he just left. Like, we don't know Soldier Boy's backstory either. Like, a lot of his backstory, the stuff that we do know about him could be wrong. So, like, maybe Mm. he went willingly and is actually against soups or I don't know. You know, like, maybe he has something like that sort of thing. If he is also playing into, like, this Captain America trope or whatever um, that, you know, he's supposed to be a good guy. But, I mean, it's the boys. So, like, as good as he can be um, with a lot of flaws. But uh, mostly flaws, really. Yeah, mostly flaws <laughs> with a little bit of like hint of good. You know, maybe he's been over there trying to, you know, devise a plan or something. I don't know. But to me, that whole soup gun is like far fetched and um, um, not out of realm of possibility because it's the boys. But I don't think that he died and I don't think it killed him. And if that's it, then that is going to set up an, uh, like, they have to set up a soldier boy against um, Homelander battle that i hope is like the last um episode (laughs) we'll come back to more soldier boy talk because i i agree with all that stuff cat but getting back to billy what is up with him and the power pill he has shown only contempt for people with powers up to this point i mean i have a lot of questions about the i mean i I get i know that it's it's an experimental pill so it's not going to work 100 percent as advertised but i'm a little worried that it didn't fade as quickly as it was supposed to does that tell us something about about billy and and his own genetics um attaching itself to the medication in some unpredictable sort of way and the fact that he took it in the first place is it that they have powers that's what made him angry or is it that he didn't have powers and that's what made him angry yeah yeah sort of like what's the this other um i mean this could be anything but i know there's like other shows like you have the gene but it has to like you know activate i don't know i feel mm-hmm. like that's like a definitely a trope or something um that could be real and and then um that theory is sort of true because uh, ryan says like your blood smells funny and i thought it was just because um you know he took whatever he did and that's why it is but like if his blood you know like it's not just you know something that he took like a pill he took like if he can if it's changing him and then like what if it like or if they lied to him too and wanted him to take it and you know they really don't know what's what happens um good call and he just willingly took it but i do think like what the reason i found that he took it is when he was down in the dumps he was going down that um you know he he tried to get with soldier boys um 
uh, sidekick, it he it it kind of ended badly, you know, like he almost died. Um, and then Huey calls him, and then Huey is like his guiding light in some way, even though he won't admit it. And then when Huey was willing to be like, you know what, fuck this, like. Well, Huey says we can't take the high road anymore, right? Yeah, yeah. And then Billy, I think, I think Billy is like was honing it in, honing it in, just like Homelander was. Like both of them have the same thing, of like they are, you know, trying to be the best version of themselves or whatever. Like Homelander was trying to keep it in to keep whatever he wants, but then he was like, "Fuck it!" Like I can be myself now. And then Billy also was like he's trying to be good for the kid or whatever, and, and Becca's memory. And then when Huey, the person that wants him to not be the way he is um says like i'm willing to do this with you he was like f it and then that's when he took the pill so i think i think that's the reason why because i mean there's no other way like he's tried all the avenues and like why wouldn't he um you know like it's like taking a gun or taking a knife to a gunfight right like he can't get on their level and i think also that battle with like um the soldier boy's um sidekick also showed him that like he can't win against them just by himself so I'll admit, so at the, before I even saw the, um, the seasoned, it, before I saw, and I saw that Butcher had the red eyes on the trailers, right? right. I all thought, the advertising. Yeah. All the advertising made me really curious as to like, like what, like this doesn't make any sense because he is like so beyond like hateful, like anti soup people. Mm-hmm. It didn't match, so I knew that whatever the story was to get him there had to be really fucking believable. The kid telling him that his blood smells funny, I took that as, like, it was the medicine or, like, the V that was in his, because I thought that it was, like, injected. I didn't think that it was a pill, because I think at one point we see him in, like, a, in a, like, um, memory thing of him putting the syringe to his arm, um, and, uh, and so I assume, yeah. yeah, so I assume that that's like why that that happened. As far as like his reaction of coming out of that episode, you know, I didn't really count to see what twenty four hours like was. Like, it, I I think I assumed that twenty four hours included the time that he was at Grace's house. I don't really know. I'll have to go back and see how soon they went back when they went to Grace's place after he had that showdown with um, gunpowder, just because it is 20, a 24 hour period. And then also it is experimental. So of course, like those timeframes, even like, even with like medicine that we have now in our cabinets, they all say like, Oh, you know, this lasts for 24 hours or whatever, but it really all depends on your metabolism. And it depends on like how much you've eaten. And it depends on like the size of your body. And it's always going to vary by a little bit. And that time frame also includes like a guaranteed like cushion of when the medicine is not is present, but not as effective because of how much you've metabolized it already. Like that's just like the science of like normal medicine that we use. And that time frame that they give us on those is just to ensure safety for not overdosing and not causing ulcers and stuff like that. So it's never like a real exact, like in 24 hours to the dot, like you have an alarm and all of a sudden like everything's supposed to be gone. That's kind of like how I interpreted that. So I was assuming that this, withdrawal or the coming down yeah the withdrawal of it at grace's house was to really show and teach 
us and Butcher how horrible the withdrawal like process is mm-hmm. and yeah. all of the risks associated with what this medicine does not just what it does from like the purpose that you need it to be but also like how it impacts the body and that's something i really enjoyed about this show in general since season one right when they showed us how it's impacted a train and the science that they put around like how a train's like heart like handles it's how it handles itself when he's healthy and then you add the this the elements of what the medicine does to his body and so i i i think that this this was just to kind of show us like what is not just the action part that that you go through. It's a whole process to that closes it out um, toward the end of that 24 hours and what that looks and feels like so that he can make decisions in the future about when he's going to decide to do that again since he does have two more vials. And each time that he goes through it and he experiences those horrible withdrawal um, and then he knows like the kind of like devastation that happens like when he's going through that um when he's has the power and when he's withdrawing the power like that's a lot of like really big heavy responsibility that he now has to incorporate in his decisions and and his and his level of discomfort so that's like how i took it i didn't think about it in terms of what must be going on with his body as being like potentially have something else going on with it but i think that's a really great interesting theory too who fucking knows Not at this point. Yeah. I think it's, they've shown us enough to be a little worried about where his headspace may go now that he's tasted the power. He knows the job he wants to do. I mean, if he could wring Homelander's neck himself, he might, you know, if he, if he knew that he might be able to, if he had a chance and the drug may give him that chance for him, but he didn't look, he looked like he had some level of super or uh, Homelander-ish powers, but man, you wouldn't want to uh guess wrong (laughs) yeah and i really like that they show what an inexperienced person with this kind of power like does too because that's foreshadowing into what is going to potentially happen to those soldiers if the government agrees to take on purchasing and giving this v supplement to their soldiers right like it's like he didn't intentionally know that he was going to slice that car up in half mm-hmm. um he could have killed somebody else a pedestrian or whatever there and he would have been no different than the soups in their normal state so i think that was also like um a really good insight into into that because we saw what the soups who do know what to do with their powers we saw how devastating their participation was in Nicaragua and they fucking killed everybody. You know, the friend, the friendly fire on all of Grace's team, like the half of the team was murdered just by like them and their inexperience. And so imagine that now imagine all of these soldiers who've never had to manage or deal with the soup power growing up. And now all of a sudden have this supplement. And that image you just mentioned, um, about Nicaragua with uh, gunpowder and that uh, jeep-mounted 50-caliber machine gun where he's mowing down anybody in front of him. doesn't matter who. That The whole existence of gunpowder read as a, a very political-type statement from the whole creative staff to the rest of the universe. Just like, I mean, the guy comes yeah. off in a very certain way at the Vought Rifle Association meeting, right? that that we've all kind of seen this guy before but then they show him when he's actually 
at work, you know, in the shit, as they might say, you know, in a war movie. And he's just a Yahoo with a rifle, just, just going nuts. I know there's a serious moment, but it still made me kind of, kind of smile. Cause I think I got the joke that they were trying to, trying to give me that right there. Mm-hmm. Um, let's shift over to Huey. Uh, we've talked about already that he's, he starts the season at a high point and uh, immediately the rug is pulled out from under him. Um, what I want to talk about mostly with, with his decision to join back up with, with Billy and his, um, interactions with starlight are that i'm afraid that this ambition that he has for his own self-worth is overriding the advice that he would normally want to give starlight and telling her stay in harm's way because i need to feel better about this did you guys have a have another read on his interaction with starlight on that you know i i think my initial reaction was was like that um, like that's like really fucked up to ask. And then I remembered he fucking works with a lady that he knows explodes people like without anybody knowing. And like, that's also a super incredibly dangerous position to be in. And then he has to be in that, in that space also for like this to, to work. And so I don't, I don't think I read it as a, like, I need you to do this, like, because it makes my life like easier. I think that he believes like this mission is like really just got really, really important um, really quickly. And we're both like in danger, but he has no powers. He is a hundred percent vulnerable. Um, can't even open a jar. He can't even open the jar. He's can't even like stay composed. Right. Like he, he like first time he was face to face with her in the office after he found out like starlight, like basically her surprise visit, like is what saved him because he was like stuttering and fumbling and just like back to like Huey from season one. She is quicker on her mental feet than he is. Yeah. Like it's fair. They're both like in really dangerous kind of situations and they don't, they can't like run away. So it's like, uh, it's the, uh, this is the life we chose sort of, sort of argument that, Maybe. What do you think, Kat? I don't like some of the like some of the insight like um, reactions that we've seen from Huey. He, I mean, he's our he's like us, you know. Like if we were put in around soups and like just a normal person, like his reactions are justified, I think. But sometimes I think he is a little bit selfish in a way. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Like he wants to feel more important, or like 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 you know, not opening a jar. Like who cares if you can't open a jar? Like you have the superhero there. Like just let her open it. Like. You know, I don't under like I would love to have someone just open my jar, you know. Um but <laughs> I guess man. you can also f- Yeah, but I guess you can also feel like I know like sometimes I'm trying to like stubbornly open a jar and like like give and Victor's like, like trying to get it for me. I'm like, no, I can do it. And I'm like tapping it to like open it and um so I guess I kinda get that too. You're like, No, I can do it. So maybe that's why he just feels so hopeless in all these situations. So it's like kind of boiled um, you know, um to a point. Starlight is in a very like situation where like it's already uncomfortable. Homelander can kill her in any way, and it just felt like he didn't really care. Like like um like he cares, but it's like just stay there. Like you know, just stay there a little longer. And like every second is like you know um 
Homelander is making it a living hell for her. And then this added thing of like their lovers now or whatever. And then she had to kiss Homelander. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then we kind of see her, you know, like holding her fist and stuff. So like, and, and, and also seeing the jealousy of him in that first season with like, you know, a supersonic and, and he kind of snapped and it was just like, ugh, like he has a lot of insecurities going on, like not Mm -hmm. just with the relationship, but like in general of like, as a human, you know, like not being able to be powerful enough to stop this, the injustice of like, you know, the world and him not being able to do it the right way. He has a lot going on right now of like all this kind of thing. And I don't know how it's going to leave him in starlight though, because. Well, that's a good question. I mean, she's there for her, like on her own accord too. She knows it's for the greater good to like keep Homelander in check. And she has to be the one, unfortunately, to make sure he doesn't kill all these people. But on another level, like, after this plays out, like you're going to go back to this person, you know, to Huey and them and like, Oh, haha. Remember that time? Like, you know, you like had to kiss Homelander. Like, I don't know how you can go back. Like, it feels like this is a point where she may not be able to come back from it. And like, they may not be able to come back from it because you're putting them in like really like bad terms, you know, even if it is for the greater good. Right. <laughs> like, well, that's a hard, yeah. that's, that's a hard, um, weight to put on, on a, on a two-person relationship to kind of reconcile. Mm-hmm. They've introduced a new character named Supersonic, who she has a previous relationship with. She advises to stay away from the Seven. And he says, no, I will be there because I want to have your back. And they play that that sequence around the same time that, that Huey's telling her, I've got to dangle you out there on your own. And he's, mm-hmm. meanwhile, mm-hmm. the new character is saying, I'll have your back. So far, I haven't actually seen what his powers amount to besides yeah, bo- I don't know. boy band dancing. <laughs> uh, but I mean, um, that's a really great point. I think that theory has merit that um, it does help her feel better about participating in this mission that she told Huey earlier that she needs to get out because she feels super in danger. And then he comes, supersonic comes and it's like, I know you didn't want me to do it, but like, you can't do this alone. And that did give like a big gen. It would be, give me a huge level of comfort to not, to know that I'm not like alone on a secret mission, you know, in this very vulnerable, dangerous kind of position. So this could be the end of them. Oh, Hugh Light. Hugh Light. <laughs> <Huey> Light. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of my questions with Starlight are just related to that, the way that episode three ends up. She just has to keep digging in deeper and, and like, how far can she go and still, you know, remain true to herself, stay on mission, stay with Huey, all that stuff. And and, and I don't know that we have enough to go on just yet. I just, I've, we've seen other characters like going to our experience with, say, Snowpiercer. We saw, we saw Miss Audrey decide to go kind of undercover with Mr. Wilford. And that was more or less a disaster for her. And, and she had to hit a, a, a rock bottom place in order to come back from that. That was not plan A. Plan A was to go in and kind of be a mole. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> you know, come back out unscathed. We know this kind of thing can happen to a well-meaning character where they, they get into a position, they're confident, but they are in over their head and they, they don't know it until they're too late. 
I mean, just the clenching of her fist was like, it said enough. Like, I love that they opened it with her being, you know, young and, and, pageant girl, and doing right. like, yeah, pageant girl. And like her just like her mom basically saying like, just suck it up and you do the best you can, you know, and go win this. And then like she, you see her really, you know, the first take of them, like uh, showing that, you know, like Homelander and her together, she kind of just like, is like, oh, grossed out by it. And then the second one, she's like, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to go all in and really try to go undercover. And she kind of goes in, but yeah, you're right. Like, I think it's a slippery slope and it's either going to be, she hits rock bottom or she's going to resent Louis, uh, Huey for that. So in some way, like it's not necessarily his fault because like he can't be undercover, like supersonic can be there having her back because he's in the seven. Huey, like it's the boyfriend, so I guess he could be there, but like she also knows that Homelander could just kill him at any point, you know? So like it's sort of the it's like a catch twenty two of like or like damned if you do, damned if you don't. So like they're just really star crossed lovers right now, <laughs> again. Speaking of Homelander, we've outlined how the first couple of episodes show that he is just dangerously spiraling, lashing out at anyone around him. The people that already know that they kind of have to fake be nice to him, call him sir, compliment him for no reason, whatever. He's lashing out at even those people because he used to at least semi enjoy that treatment, but. Now he doesn't even give a shit. He's lost whatever that mental leash was, realizing that the controls that that were placed on him were all self-imposed. But it, but he still has that um, need, as we've mentioned earlier. I think Kat said it: the the need to stay popular, you know, the, to be well liked. That now is driving his decisions and then getting emboldened by the numbers and the trends from, from Ashley makes him super dangerous. By the, I, mean, I mean, calling uh, Starlight, his girlfriend, uh, unplanned to her. Because <laughs> it was like he, he may have not gotten the reaction that he wanted by bringing the deep on. So he wanted to push it a little further. Do you guys have any commentary or or anything that you see with uh, with Homelander that I may have missed there? No, I think that uh, we had been seeing a consistent trend in this season where he, you know, slowly becoming unhinged. Like if I, I'm just like looking at my notes from season one, from episode one, then episode two, and then, you know, and then finally, you know, when he's just like, fuck it. And then, and I had already kind of been feeling like man like he seems like he's almost at this point of like not giving any shits anymore um and then and then when that happened with starlight i was like fuck man like we lost our like one leverage on this psycho he's out of shits um, yeah he, he has no more fucks to give people if he ha is at this stage of like, oh, I can be my authentic self and I'm now empowered to be my authentic self, which is a racist, like psycho who just wants to do what he wants to do. And he loves that it makes him likable. And then, I don't know, I'm wondering, like, does that mean that he is like more vulnerable to pull back again? in terms of like what the metrics like tell him because Percy was like I don't give a shit about the metrics anymore because I'll just destroy the world but now that he's like excited the metrics are going up does that mean that he possibly is vulnerable again or is he just even more empowered because he's like I have my cake and eat it too I can be like who I want to be which is not the Jesus 
like persona that they made me do for my entire my career. Jesus slash MLK apparently. Uh, given oh my the- god! <laughs> yes, that fucking audacity, right? <laughs> oh my god, he's just like empowered now um, by all of that, and then like genuinely believes that he is that kind of like equivalent character. It's just baffling and probably not far fetched to like real life on these kinds of people. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think that he's like just got way it's even more dangerous um especially with having numbers that are that are coming up this is very interesting turn i was trying to figure out why he was naked at the beginning of the third episode and the way you mentioned or the way you described it just now made me think and this is probably too much but made me think like baptismal almost like like he had cast off the self-imposed shackles of needing to bow down to anyone's authority by starting the next phase of his life naked and that in the first thing that he is bathed in is approval kind of reinforcing mm-hmm. um his new new life kind of solidifies this this maybe not entirely new but somewhat new portion of his life a new chapter oh i like that that's a really great way to see that because I thought, oh, this is interesting seeing him just straight up naked for the first time in the entirety of the show. Because in season one, he said, like, I don't even take my suit off anymore. Like, uh, he doesn't have, you know, casual clothes or, or whatever kind of outfit they call it when they're trying to be, like, incognito. He just is emboldened to just, like, and he embraced, like, his duty as that role so much that he did that. And that was the first time that we don't see his clothes, like, anywhere. Uh, I really like that um, connection of the bathing and approval as, like, a baptismal thing. Because that sounds like Homelander. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Not holy water so much. I love, love, like, the subtle touches. Like, he, you know, like, obviously the Nazi thing for him was too far, but he'll do, you know, basically is sort of, like, going in that direction of, you know, the certain kind of approval he's getting. But um, when, um, is it actually... the PR person or the marketing person when she like looks down and she's like, Oh my God. And then he's like, Oh, don't worry. It's not you. <laughs> he's like, he's right. like, Oh, don't even think that, you know, like it's funny the like the things he does get up. Oh with. yeah. <laughs> like yeah. that's too far. <laughs> Ashley is the new Elizabeth shoe from the first season. She took over that job second season, but now she's like fully in it. So it's just, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, She's the ostensibly the boss, but you know, Mm -hmm. whatever that means. Yeah. Yeah. But she's still terrified of Homelander ever since, you know, the super, him like, you know, taking care of that guy, blind man. She's like totally fearful. So this is a great position for her to be for him, for him, that she's this boss like level, but he she's also his little bitch. Uh, I know. <laughs> I'm glad you said it, not me. Um, <laughs> let's move on to talk about maybe our new characters. There, we've mentioned Supersonic before. He has background with with Starlight. No idea how powerful he is. I mean, I mean, he made it to the seven, but through this weird way of of this TV show. So, is he actually powerful? Will he be an asset? Will he be able to back up Starlight in the in the dangerous world that she lives in? No idea. The dance moves aren't enough <laughs> for me to know where this guy's at. Yeah, same. I think it's just bringing up an interesting dynamic between um, the eventual love triangle of Huey just not being there and then the real danger of 
him maybe having to um, have Starlight's back. So I, I kind of like where they're setting it up, but I want to know what his power is besides the dancing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They showed us uh, Gunpowder, who is the Bucky to um, Soldier Boy's Captain America. I mean, a totally forgettable guy. Uh, I mean, other than uh, marksmanship of a semi-superhuman level, that that's like his only thing, being able to ricochet shots like that. Not a very high-powered soup at all. I don't even want to ask questions about him. Fuck him. <laughs> Soldier Boy, though. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Soldier Boy, though, like Kat mentioned, you don't bring on and talk about for the entire time that the show's been off the air that you bring in Jensen Ackles uh, to play this character. And you put out press pictures of him in the suit. There was a lot of press talking about that he was in the show. The fact that he doesn't show up in any serious way until the third episode does tend to to create an expectation in my mind that he is, like Kat said, not dead and that we're going to see a lot more of him besides flashbacks. Inez, do you have any um, any strong feelings about that? I completely agree. I feel, I feel like when they got to the point in the story where like, oh, they took, they, they took his body, you know, on the helicopter or whatever, I, I was like, oh, we're going to see him again. Like, he's going to be, like, their, like, modified weapon or something. Like, they're going to do some kind of, like, brain power, like, stuff. Just, like, Bucky. Ironically, you mentioned that for the other guy. But, you know, that's <laughs> kind of, like, where my mind had had went on that. It's, like, a super, a super um, weapon for the Russians. That's my guess. I'm yeah. on predictions, right? Or- <laughs> Not yet. Not exactly. I don't know. The newsreel-type footage that they showed as part of his show that the Crimson Countess puts on is also meant to be super reminiscent of Captain America, less so during like the Red Scare business where he's like, I have these avowed communists or whatever. Um, Yeah, that wasn't part of Captain America's story. That was during the Frozen period. However, George R.R. Martin, the creator of... Game of Thrones and the Song of Ice and Fire, um, the name of the books. He edits and contributes to an ongoing series of um, superhero anthologies called Wild Cards. There is a there is a Captain America sort of corollary character in those series that does do that. And that, that reminded me of that. What does patriotism mean in that time and place? And unfortunately, right then, it meant outing people's um, political alignments that uh, weren't in fashion right then. Um, if you guys are interested in Wild Cards, you might enjoy it. It's written by, it's like, he, he edits it. So uh, they are, all of the short stories are written by all different kinds of authors. He only has like a, like one character that he tells the story about. But the stories extend from post-World War II to modern times. Bringing up the Crimson Countess, though, the way that she's the one that reports that he's been killed makes her totally sus, right? Yes, I felt that. Yeah immediately she seemed like she was faking it i don't know something's going on there (laughs) i even wondered if 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 for some reason he was dead which would be kind of a weird way to go with this uh given in given bringing in a well-known actor like that but what if that weird power she has that seems so limited what if somehow that is strong enough to have killed him like r&d type 
like used used it from like an RD. Maybe she missed and got him instead because they were in the middle of a firefight and her power is weird. I mean, that seems like not a great power because it takes too long to spin up and you have to have your hands together before it shoots out and I don't know, leaves you vulnerable while it's waiting to actually go. I it's, it doesn't seem like a frontline power to me, but whatever. Say she was trying to do her part and she missed and instead she got him. I don't know. Something about that seems to make some sense to me. And that maybe made him vulnerable. Maybe that knocked him out. And then that's what the Russians took away in their in their helicopter was him knocked out from her. Her doing the silly show at Vought World was sort of like a penance for for doing that to him just kind of like headcanon mm-hmm. that i came up with him to, to make it yeah. all make sense like she does seem like she's like a washed out persona a washed out like yeah. soup and she's probably like an alcoholic or something i mean i don't yeah. know like we saw how careless she was with um blowing up the, the mascot. mascot yeah yeah totally plausible i did think like i wonder if this could have possibly been some kind of like bot like backed kind of like thing at one point um i don't know maybe soldier boy was like really fucked up in a big way and that was like a way for them to get rid of him and she was like part of some cover up story i mean stan edgar was there he he plays chess when everybody else is playing checkers could be right. And if he's there, then that means like, okay, like um, it's higher chance that nobody would suspect that it was bought. And it doesn't seem, given the flashback where um, Soldier Boy makes a move on uh, Grace uh, Malloy, and then they pan to um, uh, a Crimson Countess, and like you know, she's like rolls her eyes, like yeah, Ugh, like. And so it doesn't seem like they had a very genuine relationship. It's it feels like it's sort of like it was manufactured in a way maybe to her it was real like she likes you know likes him but he's just kind of like not into it or whatever doing it for convenience and it was sort of giving me like the watchman comedian you know sort of vibes with um you know like silk specter or whatever and Mm -hmm. like kind of you know in that realm of just it's for show or you know like it's just like not a one-sided thing um that's probably not very good but um so who knows like maybe she did see him like get knocked out and then she was like that was her moment to be free of him and was like he's dead (laughs) so that could be it you know like maybe there is something that was like powerful enough to really knock him out where they think he was dead but he you know they're kind of really making him like if it took out him like you know this is the weapon we need for homelander so i feel like um he must be super powerful yeah it just didn't look it it felt like she was scorned by him in some ways and like not it wasn't genuine there so like i could totally see her just be like man whatever i don't really care about him and throw him under the bus and um when she saw the opportunity in that sense or get with um edgar in in cahoots and like be like get him out of there like i learned afterwards after the episodes like that's laurie holden from like the walking dead so i feel like also with her like she has to be of substance in this. I don't think she would come on here just to do that, you know, like be kind of like very supporting character or not mentionable at all. So like, I hope we get to learn more about their history and I hope she becomes like a bigger part of the story because I feel like that would also be a waste. I know her from that. I, she was also in the movie The Mist. I wasn't a big fan of Andrea, the character on yes, the, yeah, on yeah, the yeah, show, <laughs> but after learning that Lori Holden has taken part 
like personally in trying to foil um, human trafficking in real life. I have a lot of respect for her um, yeah. because she had some kind of personal like role in in an operation where where human trafficking was undone. She's a a real hero in in, uh, in real life. So I agree though that they wouldn't misspend her on a nothing part. Last new character, and I think she's going to amount to not much, but who knows? Little Nina, the Russian mob boss from Frenchie's previous life. Something about her character and all that just kind of reminds me of the kind of person that is meant to seem heavy when they are introduced and isn't ever really necessarily an ally. They present some kind of obstacle that needs to be overcome, but it's not it's not a big deal. You know, her deal with, with Frenchie and needing to square away this, this stolen heroin with, uh, with Shelly, who cares? That's not really, <laughs> I'm not tuning in to watch that story. It seems like that can be pacified in some way in the future. That's not going to be, it's not going to cost any of our characters their lives. It may cost some time sorting that out, but ultimately I think little Nino washes out of our story uh, this season we never hear from her again but what, did you guys have any other impression of little nina not really i think she's like more of a just a their kind of character to get them to russia <laughs> <laughs> yeah a transition a transition like plot point yeah Believe it or not, that uh, summary of all of our old characters, new characters, has covered a lot of the plot points and even some of the um, events that I had wanted to separate out, such as the penis explosion or the trip to the adoption home, we brought up in other contexts. Fun conversation. Yeah. <laughs> and then moving forward, you know, we, we leave the set of American Hero. Supersonic and The Deep have been inducted into the Seven. Uh, Starlight has doubled down on H Homelander's uh, gambit of calling her his girlfriend by kissing him on camera. Both of you had mentioned wanting to get into predictions. So lay it on me. Where do you think we go from here? Billy continues using um, V. To kind of get ahead, he, he likes like it in Russia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's gonna. I think it's like the worst person to use V on because he will love it, <laughs> and also he's <laughs> gonna hate himself for it. You know, loving it because um, it's basically everything he stands for is like wanting to get rid of it, uh, get rid of soups. But um, uh, I think that's a later prediction. Scene where like I think Starlight is gonna be um, tormented like continuously. So I wonder if that's gonna come to a head in the fourth episode, and then like she's gonna crack. Or if that will be like a continual thing. So I feel like something's going to go on with that. And then I don't know. Hopefully, since we did get the intro of Soldier Boy, I hope he makes an appearance in episode four as well. Because I don't, I don't, I hope it's not like a long drawn out thing. But I feel like the season's moving pretty quickly. Like they did reveal a lot of stuff. Huey was able to know that, um, you know, uh, Victoria's the head popping soup so I, i'm that makes me confident that we're going to be learning stuff as it goes and not like a long drawn out thing um so hopefully we'll see soldier boy um in episode four but who knows <laughs> those are my predictions more hopes than predictions but yeah if you recall last season cat we had the running dialogue of what is the deal with stormlight and mm. or sorry stormfront 
they they took a while, but they did not take forever to come yeah. out with her background. So I think they're they're pretty good about giving us like satisfaction pretty quickly and then shocking us later. So <laughs> um, hopefully we can get to Soldier Boy quickly um, and not have to wait. You know, I feel like it might be a good time for Victoria slash Nadia to learn that Huey knows about it. And so I think that um, that would make a really interesting turn of events here. And this is like weird thing. I don't even know if this is a predict a prediction, but I have really enjoyed kind of like the really fucked up kind of situations that the writers put the deep in, no matter how well intentioned he is. Like season one, we had the um, the dolphin that he tried to rescue and it and it, <laughs> it did not work out well for that dolphin. And then season two, we had the whale that got impaled by the boat. I'm really hoping that I'm that the octopus scene is not <laughs> the thing that I'm supposed to be getting out of a well-intentioned deep thing because I, I need something better than that. But I do look forward to like those scenes each episode. <laughs> Of like, when they come to come up with something fucked up for like the deep, like in this one, like I, I do look forward to that. So this big infusion of the three at once has given me space that I need to like, you know, I'm just going to like look for like the, the, the moments that <laughs> look for those kinds of moments instead of like big story thing. The big story thing that I do want it, I am interested is when is not, I, I hope Nadia finds out that, um, Huey knows and let's just see how that changes the dynamic of with the deep and that concept of the redemptive arc that Kat and I have been talking about for two seasons when you when you sum up all of the stuff that happens to him or, or they they do center some of the some of the biggest grossest shit on him it's almost to, it, you could read that as a message from the from the writers as a stop worrying about redemptive. We don't think someone that started this way is redeemable. So we're just going to put him through some terrible <laughs> shit. <laughs> you know, yeah. I like what you're talking about with Huey getting in danger with Victoria. And it got my, my little wheels turning in that you could almost think of a, of a, of a series of events wherein Huey gets in a bad way with Victoria. You know, she's not blowing parts off or anything like that, but it's coming. Meanwhile, Starlight is now co-captain of the Seven. She just can't go do anything she wants without it being highly noticed by everyone. But maybe Supersonic can, because he's just like number seven on the Seven. This guy who, you know, it's, he's sort of a romantic rival, might have to be put in the position of getting Huey out of out of trouble. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that happening. That's not like a major plot point, but it could be. It could be. It'd be fun. It's, it'll still be fun and entertaining because um, I feel like Huey, we already went through Huey with the whole like, I'm kind of like a, a lame person. I like Huey, first of all, like in all of the first episode, like first seasons, I really like him. But um, I also, I, I'm also kind of like, like we we can get past like you being kind of like a weak sauce like human <laughs> like you you've earned some stuff let's act like it you don't get to go backwards Huey and then I like what Kat was saying about somehow we've got to see more of Soldier Boy either we learn his fate 
in Russia or we see him and and he is a part of the plot moving forward. Yeah, I think that's that's got to be writing itself at this point. Um <laughs> All, all the stars point to more Soldier Boy to come. Yeah, I think that's all we got for this super duper episode covering the first three episodes of the third season of Amazon Prime's The Boys. If someone wanted to find you, Kat, and reach out to you on social media, how would the how would they do that? What would be the best way to do that? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at thingscatloves, and that's with a C. <laughs> That K-Cat person, don't talk to her. (laughs) (laughs) She does not get our approval. (laughs) And Inez, if the same, if someone wanted to reach out to you, where would they find you? Oh, I dabble around on Twitter at at NeezyThinks. There's a Facebook group related to this show. I'm probably going to be in there also interacting with the comments. There are a couple different um, kinds of groups that that this show has spawned. There's the kind that are traditional and they, and they uh, keep sort of a low key approach to fandom, you know, just, mm, I like that show, whatever. But, but, but I would say that a lot of them are more in keeping with this show and are sort of uh, rowdier, you know, like with the memes and. Uh, <laughs> I imagine it's a rowdier show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Add me to to whichever groups that you're already a part of. I I did like when I got invited to here. I went and found a few, so I I would appreciate that because I do like to read the comments before we come in and join our thoughts, and that's always a fun dynamic and to interact with uh, our listeners um, through the show and through the social media platforms. The neurally divergent and the neurally uh, virgent uh, <laughs> will look at the same material uh, and, and get different things from it. Uh, and uh, some of us without any diagnoses will still miss the, bo- the point completely and uh, getting some other input, whether it's podcasts or uh, online comments or even live tweeting or whatever helps see what other people are getting out of this same material. And that's always kind of cool to get that. Uh, we'll be back next time for episode four. Kat and I have a big week coming up. Uh, the ATX Television Festival is going to be happening at the exact time this episode drops. <laughs> and we will be very busy covering that. Uh, but we will be back on time at some point to, to bring out episode four and the rest of the season. So thanks a lot. Thank you for listening. This has been an original Pod Clubhouse production. Pod Clubhouse is a podcast network dedicated to encouraging collaboration among podcasters and friends to bring a fresh voice and diverse perspective on a wide array of content. Please visit and leave a comment for us at podclubhouse.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast feeds on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find us at Pod Clubhouse. Our DMs are always open, and we'd love to hear from you. Pod Clubhouse.